Dmitry Samarov, uh, and you're listening to who you know, but you already knew that, right? Today I bring you a conversation with uh, Kathleen Sachs, uh, or Kat to her friends. Uh, Kat is a longtime uh, film critic. Uh, she co-runs a, a great site called Cinephile with her husband, Ben Sachs, and uh we talked about one of our favorite subjects, which is movies uh, in all of their many fangled forms. Um, I hope you enjoy the talk as much as I did. So, so what did you guys see? Did you go see Purple Noon? We did. I, we I did. guess I looked up when you said uh, Music Box. I looked up their schedules. Like, yeah, they got to be at Purple Noon. <laughs> it was a pretty lovely um you know, Sunday matinee experience, um, you know, not a game-changing film by any stretch of the imagination, but... No, it's not a great one, but it's... No, it's okay. it was fun, yeah. And, you know, it has everyone's favorite white nationalist in it, so... <laughs> yeah, is that is that his thing? Uh, he he kind of goes all over the place. He's a mercurial character. Yeah. <laughs> that one. I like, his problematicness definitely has a range, so... <laughs> yeah, but then, you know, he'll do... Uh, you know something like Mr. Klein and semi redeem himself. <laughs> yeah, it's he's an interesting character. Yeah, he's sort of you know the French Clint Eastwood. <laughs> Maybe a little more extreme if the white nationalism stuff uh, is a. Uh... Clint hides it better. Yeah. <laughs> he he's got a lot of that. Yeah, but but then yeah then again, I don't think uh, Delon. Has, did Delon ever try to direct anything? Or, That's a good know. question. I don't know. I don't even know. I doubt. I don't know if he was just. Uh, yeah, I don't know if he was just happy with being real pretty in front of the camera. Yeah, I think. I mean, I've read a little bit about him. I think he liked, you know, living the good life. I think he maybe was into gambling or something. You know, I think he was one. Of, I think of him more of like one of these Dean Martin type characters that you're never going to actually know. You know. <laughs> It's just inscrutable and uh, look, looks a certain way that people find attractive. And that's half the battle in Hollywood, or I guess just movie making in general. Yeah, yeah, he's he's kind of a Hollywood character, even for France. Le Hollywood. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, Purple Noon is no uh, Le Samurai or I don't know. No, Some of his, yeah. what are high point, career high points. I mean, definitely the Melville. Anything he did with Melville. I mean, anything with Melville is going to be anyone's career high point, probably. Yeah. No, but he did some other good ones. Yeah. He did. He did. But I definitely, I especially love the the Melville films. Was that one, another bank, uh, Any Number Can Win? Did you ever see that one? Oh, that, yeah. That's a really good one. Yeah. That he's in with, uh, what's his face? Um, it's that guy. It's like one of the main guys. <laughs> <laughs> the guy who's in the Renoir movies and uh, he's in a uh, lot of those in the, a lot of those kind of oh Jean Gabin yeah Jean Gabin right yeah I said one of the main guys he's like the you know the I don't know Spencer he's like the Tra guy the Spencer Tracy or the <laughs> I don't know he's if you had said the guy I'd be like oh yeah it's definitely Jean Gabin yeah the okay <laughs> we'll see he is like a, that's a good point he is like a Spencer Tracy well, and then just f physically you know I could also see Spencer Tracy being like, God, what was I going to say? Not Spen 
<laughs> it totally left my head of like the other actor. Oh, yeah. like um, uh, Bogart, but yeah. taller. But like, like you know, not a pretty like a good contrast to somebody like Alain Delon, not a pretty boy, you know. Right, right. <laughs> Handsome for sure, but that was like largely because of the, like, you know, presence. I guess, yeah, yeah. He always, yeah, he he had no trouble getting the ladies either. No, I don't think he did. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I guess uh, I wanted to invite you here uh, to to find out how this whole movie problem began for you. Oh my goodness. Life. Where did, where, where, when were you first afflicted with our, <laughs> with our, with our shared problem? <laughs> yeah. I mean, here's where everyone can find out that I am a total fraud. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but every, yeah, every, every truly. fan is a fraud. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. Um, I mean, it's definitely been since I was a kid. I mean, I, you know, going to the movies with my parents was a pastime, um, as, I don't know, a lot of people know about me, but those closest to me know that I I love the drive-in because we went to the drive-in every single weekend during the summer um, while I was growing up. And definitely, like, I don't want to say it's purely sentimental because that's not true, but I definitely associate going to the movies with, you know, times well spent with my friends and family um, growing up. I lived, I mean, I'm from relatively small city suburb of Ohio, um, Vandalia, Ohio, around Dayton, Ohio. So mm. as I'm sure anyone can imagine, there's really not much to do except for watch movies. So, you know, in addition to going to the movies, like going to the rental store. Oh, sorry. God. Can that's you hear a, my fan? Yeah, or that's the... a, yeah, that's all right. Okay, sorry yeah, about that. I mean, half the time that I record here, they're uh, working upstairs because I have work, got rehab going on upstairs. So there's oh. sawing and hammering. Today is Sunday, so they're off, but... Yeah, our heater is not. Our heater's still working. We're making it work on Easter. Oh wow! Yeah. That's how you tough know, bosses. How, how you know you're become godless Jews like me. Right. <laughs> exactly. No. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, it definitely was always a very happy time in my life going to the movies. Um, but then, like, I was definitely drawn. I this always sounds so like kind of snobby or like I'm not like other people ask but I kind of tell people that my I kind of knew that like film was something different for me than it was for other people when we watched Mr. Smith Goes to Washington in like fifth grade sixth grade um and like everyone was just so bored and like uh, so this was not at the drive-in no, this was in school. Yeah, so we watch it cool. in school. <laughs> no, Mr. W- Smith and the Drive-In. That would be great. I've se- I have seen um, It's a Wonderful Life at the Drive-In, okay. and it was yeah. it was nice. But, yeah, and then everyone was so bored, and I was just, like, enraptured. Um, I definitely <laughs> got into film via, like, the star system when I was younger because, you know, like, a lot of young people, especially young women, I was very attracted to, like, the, you know, Marilyn Monroe's and Audrey Hepburn's and Clark Gable's and Jimmy Stewart's of the world. Yeah. Um, but then as I got older, I started caring more about, like, who made these movies. And, uh, you know, I think um started out somewhat superficial, although I still stand for a lot of my childhood favorites. Like, I love Tim Burton growing up. Um, mm-hmm. Has not made a good movie in a very long time, but what good movies he did make are very good. Um, and then kind of, like, from there, just, like, sought out everything I could as I, like, made my way through the world and went to college and had more exposure to stuff there and then ultimately moved to Chicago, which is kind of, like, where I think it started in earnest, like, 11 years ago. It became a congenital and, and 
daily. Yeah, where it was just like. Uh, probably. Like I ha- yeah, I mean, I have such stark memories of like before I knew any of you, um, you know, my husband especially, that I would like get cinephile and I would read the reader and um, I volunteered at Facets and then I ended up working at Facets and I did not like it, but I was still like you know, obsessed with the, uh, what was, uh, before we go, uh, in too much into the present, uh, what, what were some of the first, uh, movies you remember at the drive-in with your parents? Oh, that's a good question. Um, so another thing I will say about my parents is they are, were not big on like not letting me watch stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they clearly weren't going to be like, go watch, you know, I don't know hardcore pornography or something like that but they didn't like prevent me from watching things whereas my friends parents were more like like i saw titanic in the theater for example and that came out when i was in elementary school um i'm still not i'm still not old enough to see that movie yeah right uh i've never never seen it never seen it he draws her like one of his french girls so as you can imagine it is it's spicy um (laughs) but we i could i think i saw the drive-in but you know i saw all the big like action blockbuster like i definitely saw jurassic park um i remember my parents like jurassic, they would... when uh tell me yeah i, I i'm not gonna out, out your age but like what what era are we talking what when are when are these things coming out i mean i was born in 88 so okay, these were right. like the early mid late 90s movies where i was okay. kind of seeing like the big old movies of the drive-in right that was the the exact era when I, like I was not seeing like any of those movies, but yeah, like especially the big Hollywood ones. So, yeah, I'm trying to think. I mean, I remember because like there would be double features. Um, sure. Yeah. And I can, so I was also very fortunate in that I grew up within, like a, at least a thirty minute driving time of at four drive-ins. I was um, gonna ask how many drive at that point. There were still some drive-ins left. Right. Well, I'm also from by um, an Air Force base. My dad worked at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, so they had a lot of them for military guys. Um, And, like, one in particular, uh, it had been repurposed for a more general audience, but, like, back in the 70s or whatever, it had, like, these huge walls around it because it would have, like, softcore porn films. Um, But the one we went to most frequently, which is, like, very close to where I actually grew up, was called the Dixie Drive-In. Um, people can Google it. It is like super old school. Like, I mean, it had like a playground that like my parents told me to stop playing on because they were sure I'd get um, tetanus. Uh, I remember like the the concession did it, stand. Did you have the, the playground under the screen? Um, this one didn't. This was like in the middle of the of the like drive-in lot. But I have been to them where it is under the screen. Yeah, I've been to ones like that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's always fun, but. Oh, man, I remember my parents, like, put me in the uh, trunk, or they would, like, make me pretend to be a lot younger than I was to get, like, the child prices. Sure. Yeah, so and Did you memories. have siblings, or were you only kid? I'm an only child, which you is, you know, okay. probably another, you know, the movies were my, my mother, sim- my father, my sister, my brother, <laughs> my... And what were, do you remember, what were your parents' favorite movies? Did they have favorites? So my mom is like, she's a reader. Um, she reads extensively, but she is not, does not have like, uh, you know, she doesn't love cinema like I do. Yeah. My dad, on the other hand, will watch anything and kind of by that token is kind of like the most, like the most cinephilic person I grew up with just because he like 
doesn't he didn't care like and he still he'll still text me and he'll be like watching the most random stuff on netflix and like sometimes it's this like super high art stuff and sometimes it's just like chick flicks and i'm just like okay like your interests are varied um mm-hmm. but like i think a lot of it just had to do with like my dad just being open to like whatever me and or my mom wanted to see and you know as my mom kind of sat more things out just like taking me to whatever i wanted yeah Huh. And uh, so, yeah, you were saying about like Mr. Smith in school. You, you realized that your your classmates did not have the same relationship to to movies that you did. Did you continue? Did you go to school for any kind of movie related, like art, or I mean, college for any uh, movie related things? Or I didn't. I went to school for journalism. Oh, you did. Yeah. Okay. Well, that works. That's you yeah know, adjacent. Um, but I was super, like, that was, you know, I did a lot of film stuff in college. Like, I went to the movies all the time, and, like, I think that's where I definitely was able to broaden my horizons. Where did you go? Ohio University. Okay. So it's in Appala- Appalachia. Mm-hmm. Um, found, like, a group of friends who wanted to go to the movies often. I'm from Ohio. That's really, there's not much to do. <laughs> <laughs> and But did you have an inkling at that point, like what a giant part of your life you know movie going would become like that it would be like a, almost like an organizing principle it seems like right I don't know I don't know if it was ever obvious but then like when I moved to Chicago why did you move to Chicago job or no I just I've always wanted I've never liked living in a place that was not like a major yeah. urban area you wanted to move to the capital of the Midwest yeah, I, the most of America. <laughs> I had wanted to move to New York, but it was, uh, and I did go to school in New York briefly for fashion, which is also like a random thing in my life. Um, but New York is like in, obviously incredibly. Where did you expensive. go to like FIT or? or I went uh, to FIT. Yeah. yeah. So. Let's say I, Chicago yeah. was a little bit more doable. Yeah, and ultimately, extremely happy I did. I can't. Imagine my life if I if I had moved to New York. I imagine I probably would have moved back to Ohio at some point. Yeah, uh, New York will uh, chew people up, and yeah, just the expense of it is kind of uh, yeah impossible unless you really hit it or you meet somebody with a, a mountain of money. It, right, it's not really feasible. Um, I spent my first semester of art school in New York. Oh yeah, where'd you go? Did you go to Parsons? Parsons? Oh yeah. Yeah, and it was miserable. And I lived in subsidized housing in Brooklyn with an old Russian man who believed in UFOs. And oh, nice. And it was insane. Uh, you mean that wasn't the best part? In retrospect, as a, <laughs> as a, as a like a funny story from youth, it is. But at the time, no, it was not. Uh, I hated everybody in my class. I hated most of my teachers. You know, I hated that school. Uh, and I knew within like a month I needed to leave. And luckily, uh, SAIC let me transfer in the middle of freshman year, which is a weird thing to do, you know? Oh, yeah. I remember reading that in your book. Yeah, yeah. I wrote about yeah. it in the, in the Soviet yeah. stamps book. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's how I ended up in Chicago. Uh, so how soon after you got here, like what were your first... Did you get a have a job, or did you? Where did you live at first? I lived in um, Lakeview, which is like 
I oh my god I lived at like Belmont and Broadway in one of like my dorm room in college was bigger than my first apartment it was disgusting there were cockroaches <laughs> everywhere nice. um the window wouldn't open and this was that in, it was like 2000 like painted that, painted shut or something or I don't I just couldn't <laughs> open it and like that was the um like the summer that it was like very hot like I would because like the window would this be? 2012 okay and so, like, I bought, like, all these fans, and they didn't work because it was so, like, stuffy. Um, so many nights I would spend, like, what little money I had basically just, like, like appealing to local hotels to just, like, like just please. And they'd give me, like, a discounted rate or something because I would walk in at, like, you know, 1 a.m. Just, like, I can't, I can't stay in my apartment. Oh. <laughs> it was so gross. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, actually, I mean, I've always, the only, well, I didn't, fastest was, like, my second job. Um, but at that time, I was, like, going to facets all the time. Yeah. Talk about it. Yeah. What a weird entity that is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've gone to facets for a long, long time. I mean, I definitely, like, it seems like they're doing a lot of stuff, you know, kind of reinvigorating it, which I love to see. But, yeah, definitely. Um, I remember, like, one of the first things I did in Chicago that, you know, kind of, like, you know, aligned with what I'm interested in now was like the Lucian Pentilli retrospective at Facets. Mm. Um, and that was very eye opening. Um, God, this is like so schmaltzy, and I don't know if Ben can hear me from the other room, but like I remember when I first saw Ben at Facets, I first saw my husband at Facets. We did not know each other. Oh. Yeah. Because he was <laughs> teaching his class, and um, he was going to see in the family, and I, because I was volunteering there, and I sold him or gave him his ticket, mm-hmm. and and yeah. sparks flew, and there, there's like twinkles or whatever, like. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's all history from there. <laughs> so facets us has a special place in my heart because it is where I first encountered my my spouse. Yeah. But but you had a like a kind of mixed experience working there, you'd say, or like it was, it was not all sunshine and puppies. I don't think any job in this industry is sunshine and puppies, especially if you're not male. But not in any industry, really. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like I've always told people, like my corporate jobs have been like while having issues of their own, have largely been a lot more pleasant than either of my film jobs. Oh, be- because of like being like ma- more male dominated or what have you, or I mean, typically, like, I don't know, like smaller outfits. Like, I don't like large corporations, but at the same time, when you work for like small companies, especially like small nonprofits, it's just like propriety goes out the door. Whatever sense of it you think there should be inherent to the workplace is like non-existent in places like that. Mm. Um, I don't know. I just wouldn't go back for any reason yeah well also i guess yeah it's a problem of where like you're you're working in an industry you know that makes the thing that you love but like it's making you these jobs probably make you bitter or unhappy about it and kind of sours the experience of going to movies in a way yeah it might if you stuck around right oh for sure and like when i was working at like music box um films for example mm-hmm. um like i would just be too kind of like emotionally exhausted after work to see or watch a lot of movies so mm. that was conflicting um because 
oh, and there's a siren. Um, <laughs> sound effects. Uh, yeah, yeah we, we've got our own Foley artists. We, we're, this is a full-on production here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but it's just not, not for me. Um, I mean, it's all also for, like, you do all for so little money and, like, virtually no benefits. So, what was the like, job I just be miserable for... and have benefits. <laughs> yeah. What was your job at Music Box Films? I was their manager of marketing and publicity for a little under a year. Okay. And I did work with the theater toward the end, and I did really enjoy that. I will say I, um, the theater are good folks all around. Um, obviously, like, the staff who work there day-to-day and make it run are just, like, Man, amazing I was, people. Yeah, so. I went there uh, for a couple of the David Lynch things, and it was a madhouse. Oh, yeah. It, old, old, old Daniel Knox was in his, in his glory. Yeah. He, he sure was happy. <laughs> I think that's, I mean, it's really cool, and I'm so, and I think Daniel especially does a great job with that, especially getting some more unique stuff yeah. in there this time around, but I'm kind of like, okay, well, I've seen most of these at the Music Box, and they did it last time, so. No, I specifically went, I was only going to go see Lost Highway and Inland Empire, but uh, I, I got done with what I was doing early the day that Lost Highway was screening, so I, I caught a racer head, too which I was happy I did. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, yeah, I have very, I have very specific, specific associations with those movies and specific ones, you know, and there was not going to be, like, I didn't, I know they're, like, the real, like, obsessives, like, all that extra shit. I don't care about any of it, like, any of that, the, the stuff he had between the movies. Uh, I just, uh, yeah, I, I want to see the movies of his that I love, and I, I mean, to me, you know, Inland Empire was the end. Uh, right. He said everything he needed to say. It was his ultimate fuck you to Hollywood, and he should have sailed off into the sunset uh, and made his, you know, weather reports. Yeah. Or whatever. Uh, I mean, I, th I think, you know, Twin Peaks The Return was a mistake, but I oh, I'm, interesting. I'm in the minority on that. Yeah, I tried you were. I several t tried several times to watch it, and it's just, it's watered down Inland Empire, you know? It's Inland Empire with a lot of compromises, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Lynch for me is very much like I don't have a super strong yeah. opinion about his. Like, I, yeah. I'll go, like when Inland Empire comes back, um, I'll go see it because yeah. I'm curious about the restoration. But look, I don't know. Great. I mean, for, I mean, it looks shitty on purpose, but like the way he made it look, you know? <laughs> I hate to be a contrarian, but when there's like directors that people – like, especially people who maybe aren't, like, cinephiles get really hyped about. For some reason, I just, like, I can't get that emotionally invested in them. Well, sure. Like, I feel the same about Wes Anderson. I'm like, that's uh, too much. And previously, I felt that way about Woody Allen, where I'm just like, mm. I don't know. Well, yeah, Woody Allen never made a great movie, but I would say. But that's... Oh, me. David Lynch, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I like... I'm just not ever going to become, like, a... Like a Lynch scholar or anything. You don't need to. I mean, he's he's got he's got plenty of fans. You know, he doesn't need you. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know exactly. I mean? That's. I think like in my in my mind, it's like, well, he's he's covered, so I'll find someone else. Yeah. And... I mean, well, like, yeah, where you get to the the level of devotion where you and Ben are, uh, you don't. Yeah, you don't need to be like propping up like these institutions like fucking David Lynch. You know. Like, no. Uh, I mean, I just have very specific uh, associations with his movies going back to childhood, basically, you know? Oh, for I, sure. I mean, we all have our, we all have our thing. Yeah. Uh, 
so and yeah, I'm I'm not I'm totally not like a hundred percent fanboy on David Lynch. There's about half of his stuff that I think is garbage, you know, like straight up garbage, because he just is they're just misfires, you know. But no, he's a he's a unique ta- you know he's got his own thing, and he's yeah. <laughs> Worth seeing, For sure. I think. Uh, but, yeah, I, I mean, I'll never, uh, you know, I tell anybody to listen that Inland Empire is his best movie, but most people don't want to sit through three hours of that, what Inland yeah. Empire is, you know. It's not easy But then it's they'll go see the Batman. Watch. Yeah. That's fine. I saw the Batman. It was weird. I think I, I, I enjoyed the Batman a lot more than I expected to. Interesting. Um, I was I was expecting to maybe like it a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, I also saw Morbius, and that was just Oh boy, why? <laughs> yeah, you're a glutton. Yeah, you you see see sometimes you see these like Hollywood movies that I would never go to. I know. Well, a like, lot of it's with like um stuff. I have a uh, group of friends from work and we have like a mm. little like we cut like a little movie club where like yeah. every so often we see kind of like shitty multiplex movies and we get drunk and Yeah. Like you go to the Logan, you can basically talk during the whole thing. No one gives a fuck, so Right. You just have a really good time, like, making fun of, like, trash movies. Um, or in the case of, like, Jackass, which is not a trash movie, you're having a lot of fun, though, because there's, like, a lot of people who are, like, just, like, you're enjoying to ye- it. You're supposed to yell at the screen at a thing like that, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, like, a... I'm a purist depending on the movie, but <laughs> I definitely, you know, there is something to be... Like, you know, we... D- I imagine most cinephiles, if not all treasure it in part because of the communal movie going experience and mm. um where there are some venues and films where i want people to like enjoy them yeah in silence like i do um there are there's definitely yeah. something to be said about like that experience of enjoying something i don't know yeah uh, i guess yeah maybe i'm weird but i i don't know that i uh enjoyed uh, i mean like ironically enjoyed or like screaming at a screen or something at bad movies but a movie I actually want to see, I'd rather, yeah, I want silence. I, I get really annoyed with people whispering, which they always do, you know, near me. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, like they know, they know you. Oh, they fucking you. know, yeah. Or they're rustling, they're doing something. Uh, so I, I mean, I, I'm totally happy sitting in an empty theater, you know. <laughs> like I don't no, need, I, I don't need it. the other people there, and I don't. It's not a communal experience to me, you know. It's That's, a, it's a, yeah. it's an experience in a big quiet room that that's that's important you know no i that's fair that's fair um it, I mean, it definitely varies for me depending on i mean even just like my mindset at whatever time of life i'm in mm-hmm. um i would say like post pandemic it's been a little bit like maybe more forgiving in terms of like going to the morbiuses of the world and just what? having fun and goofing off was that your like work club uh work club pick morbius or Oh yeah, we were just all like looking at the reviews and the memes, and we're like, "How bad is this?" And yeah, it's yeah. really bad. Like, wow. I'm sure. I'm sure. Like, there is going to be. I think uh, Bill Gay Ibiri wrote a somewhat positive review of it. So look out for the vulgar tourists to declare it like a low key masterpiece. Yeah, well, there's always that's that's the other constant of like you know, film obsessives is that there will always be somebody who champions a really bad movie for their own, either they're being contrarian or they have some sort of mental condition that like where it, that it pushes a, a button that it shouldn't for a, a more well-adjusted person. You know what I mean? I think there, <laughs> there, I mean, I trust that there are some people who really find like 
things to love about extraordinarily bad movies. I agree that they're seen, especially among like critics, there's like a a pleasure driven from like being the one who likes a bad film. Yeah. Um, which is like fine, whatever people want to do, but yeah, that's definitely not. I'm too tired to to fake it like that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I never. I never go to a movie hoping it's going to be like bad so I can like like it ironically or like for like just just to fuck with people. I never ever want that. I don't know. That's not something I enjoy. Uh I also don't yeah, I don't need other people to like what I like either and I don't yeah. think less of people that dislike what I like or vice versa, you know? I I'm much more interested in hearing like I love talking to Ben and to you. Uh there's not that many f- film critic types that I actually enjoy talking to <laughs> you two oh. are sort of the exception because I'd much rather hear what you like I uh, we often disagree but that that doesn't like make me lose respect I gain respect for people that think differently than me you know what I mean for sure like why would I need somebody to agree with me I already know what I think right <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean I'm not running for office or anything <laughs> It also, like, ultimately doesn't matter that much, which is, like, a reason why I don't really care about film Twitter, because it's, like, people get so, like, broken up about some of these arguments, and I'm just, like, it's, it is just movies, like, they, they're one of the most important things in my life, yet at the same time, I realize that it's, like, they're not the most important thing in life. Yeah, but, I mean, they are, uh, it's more than a hobby, I mean, it's a thing, like, how many movies a week would you say you see on average? Oh man, I've been bad the past couple, which is a bummer, which is kind of why. Hello? Sick to it, but I mean, can you hear me? Uh, you, yeah, I just, yeah, you cut Hello? out for a second. It happens. It's internet stuff. Oh, oh, yeah. Bummer. Um, okay. I mean, I try. Uh, I would say, depending. Like, I have been, unfortunately, busy with work stuff, which I have to do to maintain my apartment and cats and all that good stuff. Um, but, like, I try to do at least average at least one a day. I mean, mm-hmm. Ben definitely does more. Yeah. But as I will say, I, I clean and I cook, so. <laughs> That's the div- the division of labor, huh? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I also just have a much more stressful job at this point in my life, but. Yeah. I will say, so thinking about, like, movies that everyone hated that I was like, oh, I actually like it, but not unironically, like, truly, I liked the Cats musical. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I was like, this is weird, but it's like, I was like, they don't, like, I was like, good for whoever decided to make this movie, because this is a truly fucking weird movie in Mm -hmm. the multiplex made for, like, tens of millions of dollars, and I was like, okay, hats off, you made a bizarre, big budget film. Um, and I also really liked Mary, um, Queen of Scots, which, was that the, what the film was? I'm Googling it. Yeah, um, yeah. I hear, uh, I hear you, I hear you typing. <laughs> yeah. No, it was, yeah, it was called Mary Queen of Scots from 2019. Um, very weird and, like, almost, like, German-esque. Mm. Huh. And, like, I remember when it came out, people were just like, oh, my God. Like, it became one of those movies that people saw because it was, like, so bad. It You know, it was so, yeah, bad. It was, like, fun to watch. But I saw it, and I was like, oh, this is actually... I really like it. So, yeah. Every now and then there there will be something. <laughs> I liked a movie a few years ago. I wrote about it for the reader. Uh, this movie called Captive States that state oh, that yeah. ev- everybody hated that. Every other critic hated that movie. 
and I thought it was great. It was this kind of like dystopia, and it was set in Chicago, and like this weird future Chicago, and there was like a fi- like Wicker Park and stuff, but it was just like wreckage. It's an it was in the apocalypse. I remember. I remember your piece on that. Yeah, and I really, I really dug that movie. And then I read. I enjoy sometimes, you know, I'll write these things up, and I do my best not to read anybody else's thing, you know, beforehand. Right. And then I get curious, like, oh wow, uh, I'm really not where these people are. I mean, un- the opposite just happened recently with that dumb X movie, that Ty West horror movie. That. Oh yeah. You like, didn't like it. Yeah, go looking at Rotten Tomatoes. It's like ninety percent or something, except for me, that just thought it was utter trash. <laughs> oh, you were, did you? Oh, yeah, you reviewed it for the reader. Yeah, I did. Yeah, just capsule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I fucking. Hated I just that saw. Movie. I hated it. <laughs> I saw everything everywhere all at once yesterday, and it was like, I was like, this is a, it's fine, um, but like oh, people so are losing you're not their lives over it. About it. I had, I've had two people, not movie nerd people, just friends. Uh, raving about that movie but i i had a choice yesterday uh i met some friends for brunch and then i was gonna i had some time for a movie and i chose uh i chose uh where i'll go to the world's fair instead oh is that good i might try to see that tonight if i yeah yeah it's good can stay awake yeah it's sort it... of like uh it's like billy eilish the movie <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i don't know how else to describe it's really uh accurate about how lonely lonely life on the internet for young people Aww. you know yeah it it's a sad movie <laughs> i mean uh but it's uh, it's a lot a lot it's almost all about you know online life yeah, yeah i really want to see it that it's got a, it's it's a, it's a vibe for sure and it's only like 80 minutes long so there's a, that's the that was the other i think that was what one went into the factor because that everything movie is like three hours long so oh my god i know i was like how is this still happening so for you it was just okay I mean, yeah, I like I like Maggie Yo. Like she's mm-hmm. great. Um, I, God, part of me is kind of like I hope no one listens to this because this is maybe an unpopular opinion, but I feel like it's popular because it like makes a millennial's pretty trivial problems like the source of all pain and and trauma in the universe. And I feel like people my age and younger are really attracted to that idea. Mm. Um, so I was just like. Like, the stakes didn't feel super high to me, but everyone's acting like this is, like, revealing something about, like, you know, relationships between parents and children and, Mm -hmm. you know, immigrant families and, you know, contending with queer kids. And Mm -hmm. I definitely respect people's right to, like, feel very connected. Hello? Like, low stakes for what? Can you hear me? Yeah, you cut out again. Hello? That's okay. You're back. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Um, just, it just felt very like, I don't know. I was just like, okay. Like it definitely, it seems like a movie that's trying to like speak to a moment and I guess it's doing a great job because a lot of people, yeah, people appreciate should, it. People like that. Uh, no, I, I'll, I'll probably, I'll try to check it out, I guess. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> no, I feel but... like it's interesting to me because it's like, I don't want to say I look to movies or film to like expose the universal mm scenario about life i mean maybe in some respect sometimes but at the same time like i feel like it were like i don't know it's what worries me about the zeitgeist with movies is that we're moving too much of to like every film needing to speak to every person oh yeah well that's that's it's a symptom of the 
you know, the this like weird blip of an era we're living through where there's you know the the sort of the the new puritanism and the this judgment that's going on over every and anything uh which yeah it's it's un it's it's understandable partly why it's happening but it uh it buries a lot of nuance i think yeah <laughs> and it buries a lot of great art unfortunately well yeah um, and art is made by very flawed people usually yeah, everyone yeah. is flawed. I don't know. I feel like the older I get, the more I'm just like, everyone kind of sucks. No, but no. at the same time, like, everyone's might that, be okay if they try. Like, I don't know. It's my, that's my thought about the, you know, the, the whole thing of uh, taking statues down is that they're erecting statues to replace them. Like, what, maybe we shouldn't put up statues to people. Yeah. Because cause those, those saints are going to have clay feet very, very soon. Oh. J- just like Columbus and the rest of them, you know? I agree with you, and I almost feel like what I want is, like, let's put up, like, statues of, like, cats or something. <laughs> yeah, we could just have cats and dogs because those represent unconditional love, and they, you know, they don't have it. Yeah, we're not going to – nobody's cat or dog is will later be revealed to be a, a Nazi, you know. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, dude. Have you met some cats? <laughs> yeah, that's okay. I'll, I take it all back. Dogs, no, maybe. No sta- cats, though. <laughs> no statues to cats, either. <laughs> Just yeah, dogs, <right>? actually. <laughs> no, I, I agree with that. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, um like, I thought it was interesting. Uh, I, I hope it's, if someone from Chicago Filmmakers is listening, I appreciate that there was a conversation about this. But I don't know if I told you, but... We were close to canceling the screening, um, the Jane Campion short screening, because there were some comments on Instagram about her comments at the Producers Guild's award. Yeah, what'd she get in trouble for? I forget now. She like she made a like dumb. It was a dumb comment about like um, like Serena and Venus Williams not having to like go up against men like she does. Oh, okay. Yeah, and we were like discuss. I was discussing with Chicago filmmakers whether or not we would need to pull the screening, and you know, totally respect their stance yeah. on it, and like you know, the need for it to be a discussion. Yeah. Um, but as I pointed out to them, I was like, this weekend, like, um, Mask, the Peter Bogdanovich film was playing at the Music Box, and it's like Peter Bogdanovich, like maybe seduced a 13 year old, and it also stars Sam Elliott, who said like homophobic and xenophobic things about, um you know, Jane Campion, and I didn't see anyone, like, being upset about that showing. Um, I mean, same with, like, anything starring Alan Delon. He he got into some trouble, Sam Elliott did, for... Right, but they didn't, like, pull the screening because of it, you know, like... Yeah. I guess that's where I was kind of... It's, 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 I don't know, I feel like with... That's another thing about, like, cancel... There's me, like everyone I know who has participated in the canceling of someone or like wanted someone mm-hmm. to be canceled had people for whom like they did not hold that same standard. Oh yeah. The, yeah. The, the hip, hypocrisy comes very, very quickly because nobody, because there, there, there are no saints. We don't know. There are not any saints walking the earth and you will find the flaws if you start looking very quickly. Uh, and I, th- I think people are entitled to their opinions and Sam Elliott and Jane Campion, should be allowed to say whatever they want, and but then they have to take responsibility for whatever blowback. If people get upset, that's fine too. Right. You know, like, I, yeah, I mean, I, I listened to that the interview where Sam Elliott said the stuff about that movie, and I, I, I don't know, I, I had no problem with it, but I have a lot of I problems mean, with that movie, but, <laughs> you know. 
yeah. Uh, you know how I feel about that one. I know, I know. We won't, we won't talk about that movie, but <laughs> it was, uh, yeah. No, I mean, Jake Campion's a somewhat divisive filmmaker. I always kind of forget that because I love her so much. Yeah. Um, and I completely, like, I think people, it can be true that people have legitimate concerns, or not mm-hmm. concerns, but, like, critiques of her films, but then it can, I think, equally be true that some people were just... Like, misogyny is a real thing. Um, And some of the comments I would see, like, especially online, I was just like, whoa, people really hate Jane Campion. And I don't fully understand why, because if you don't like her, I can't really see her being someone to, like, hate necessarily. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, you know, she, yeah, she arrived at a point where, you know, they gave her a big award because it was her time to get one, and they owed her one. That's how I feel. Uh, about that I do movie. think The Power of the Dog is is a masterpiece, but yeah. I do agree that she should have won it beforehand. I mean, I don't think, though, for the piano, because as much as I love the piano, it's actually, like, if I was, am I ranking her films, it's not one of the top ones. Yeah, I mean, see, In the Cut is her me, masterpiece. Okay, that, but that that's an unusual opinion, probably, but to me, uh, to me, I mean, like, Power of the Dog is the first of her movies that I didn't like. You know? Interesting. Like, yeah. It's uh, okay, we're, we're still friends. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. And, uh, I wouldn't have phrased it the way Sam Elliott does, but it's along the lines of what he was talking about. That was the problem in that movie for me. It's that character, uh, and and, and and the performance, which is awful. But you know, I so I don't know if you not to be like, did you read my review? But my so Benedict yeah. Cumberbatch's performance is the thing about it. I like the least yeah i thought everyone else in that film was phenomenal like i think kirsten dunce yeah. is great i think jesse plemons is great i yeah. think um cody smith mcphee is amazing yeah. um genevieve lemon from sweetie is in it and she's yeah. great yeah. uh but benedict Cumberbatch, i was like buddy you're just you're overdoing this it's overkill well and that's what uh clumsily that's what sam elliott was saying you know that it was this it was like and i'm, I'm sorry like no no hardcore nobody sleeps in their fucking chaps you know, like, it was dumb, you know, and, uh, yeah, he was like this cartoon cow buckaroo from some, I don't know where he inve- where he came up with that portrayal, but <laughs> I, I wanted to see the movie about uh, uh, Kirsten Dunst and her, her evil fucked up son, you know? Hell yeah. <laughs> Have you read the book by any chance? No, I didn't read the book, no. Yeah, I read the book afterwards. Um, I mean, it definitely, <laughs> the, the, like, like uh intense machismo is definitely supposed to be overcompensating yeah um i think that comes through i think it could maybe could be inexplicable to people who maybe don't i don't know but like i i understood like why he was doing it i just didn't think it was effective no i and i i think he's a really bad actor like he's almost always bad uh he almost always overdoes it you know he's he's you what you can see him acting all the time you know what i mean yeah uh, but yeah. man i would like i was super i mean i don't care about the oscars but i was happy when they acknowledged jesse plummins because i thought he yeah. was great in that movie well and and then and then that that idiot like made a dumb joke at at his wife's uh, expense oh oh but th- apparently they were in on that well i hope so but like I, there's a person that i just cannot stand amy that, schumer yeah oof horrendous i mean she's just she's so unfunny uh and that's a person with that like if if the stuff that her jokes are about like were a political position paper i'd probably agree with most of what she's saying 
it's just like like her delivery and I don't know her tack is just oh it's hor- it's so unpleasant and like, yeah she's just not funny I don't know she's not she has you know like that I mean like you had one job to do you know and she just can't <laughs> do it because she's not funny <laughs> I do me, love you know? Kirsten Dunst though Kirsten Dunst oh oh yeah yeah she's a, she's a terrific actress she's great. It's it's really cool that those two are like an actual couple. That's pretty interesting. I know. You know? I'm like obsessed with them. Like, yeah, he, and he, you know she she found fat Matt Damon, fat young Matt Damon, married him. <laughs> Good for her. Good yeah. for her. And I mean, much better than Matt Damon. I I do not like Matt Damon. Never did. <laughs> Even before people like considered him a problematic figure, I was just like, there's something weird. About Why is him. he? What's what's he problematic for? Because he, he shows for he crypto said some, or well, that? Oh my god, that preview. Whenever I see it, I'm just like, what is? this <laughs> it looks like it's like the like the commercial for like jurassic park if it existed or something sure yeah um but i think he, he just says some like weird he's very like i don't know it just says weird things and i it's like it's not necessarily like the content of what he's saying that bothers. like it does bother me but i under like you know again not trying to cancel him it's just like his smugness i'm just like Ugh. yeah yeah i i i'm weirdly like i always want to not like him but then i end up liking a lot of stuff he does yeah, I mean, Weird, he definitely has Surprisingly. Uh, but uh, I think overall, and this goes, I think, partly back to this canceling or whatever moment, I just, I don't care what any of these people think or say outside of their profession very much. I don't know why they, I mean, because of social media, et cetera, in our media environment, they're expected to comment on things. But I don't give a fuck what J.K. Rowling thinks about trans people, you know, for, for instance. Like she has, she has one job that she obviously does well for a huge audience, you know. But I, I don't care. Uh, it's not, it's not what I. That's not what they're there for for me, you know. They, what's important is their art, and they put the best of themselves in that, and everything else is much, much worse. And I don't want to listen. Just like I don't want to listen to, like basketball players, like talk about how the earth is flat or whatever you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's the same with actors you know they're they're empty vessels for the most part and and then they then they feel like all of a sudden they've got to come out and have some kind of statement i don't know i don't care right <laughs> that's me i didn't i just but, balk a little bit about at like this like mass like like i don't know especially people like, the average moviegoer or whatever, um, I can I can almost I can understand that honestly from like those people, but when it gets into like critics and like academics and just like writing off whole like swaths of film history, sure. I just get like, well, then you're not like, I don't know. It's like you are just disregarding the whole picture, um, and so like I mean like I I don't know I just that just. It just seems convenient to just be like, now I don't have to study what came before because I can just write it all off. Right. So then, I mean, yeah, what that kind of the logical uh, end point of that is that we only consume things from like a minute ago because anything that happened two minutes ago, like we don't believe that anymore. And that's going to have all these problems or problematic. There's a word I wish would go away. (laughs) Problematic, you know. (laughs) Like when it when is when are people not problematic and 
when they will cease to be once once we're not no longer on this planet you know right that's it's kind of our it's kind of our thing you know like we're a problem right <laughs> we are the problem we're, we're not, not a problem we're like, the problem take even yeah leave the addict out of it just a problem we're, we're yeah. the fucking problem right uh, and and you can't you can't judge things from another era by by current standards although it's very hard not to but you have to you know so you're not going to watch any movie from you know before the civil rights era because of how black people are portrayed in it well then yeah you, th- you throw out basically all of culture that way you know i mean I would sooner just- or later I res- maybe respect this perspective from people who then actually go out and, like, they seek out, like, black filmmakers from these eras, but they don't know them either. So I'm just like, okay. No. Like, again, it becomes, like, a convenient, I think, kind of excuse to just not have to, like, do the work. But Or, like, you know, say, you know, you dismiss, say, European painting for, you know, from, you know, whatever, 1200 to 1800 because almost no women were allowed to do it, you know? Well, that's terrible, and that's a problem in in, in that society, in European society, in, the, in, the, in that history. But you don't throw away a lot of good art be, for all the things it's not. You know, you you have to value it for what it is. You know what I mean? Right. No, I agree. I mean, when we start valuing art for, like, I don't know, when we start disregarding art for what it could have been, it's like, well, then what's the point of it yeah. at all? It's not the job of any art to be everything to all people. Like th- This is something you st- you'd said earlier about how everything needs to appeal. Like, oh, when you were talking about the everything movie, yeah, how it's supposed to make a statement that appeals to everybody. I, I don't know how that's even possible, and you still make something that's good. You make right. something that you end up with very bland things. Well, it's impersonal, which ultimately comes back to, like, why I believe in auteurism, which is an extremely unpopular opinion, even though the same people who say they do not care about auteurism will then, like, lift up certain filmmakers. I'm like, well, then that's just auteurism, so I don't know what you think it is. Who doesn't – who are the people that argue against auteurism? Oh, my God, like, everyone nowadays, because primarily auteurs have been men, but, like, I maintain that, like – I mean, all my favorite female filmmakers are absolutely auteurs, Um, but – well, yeah, how how can you not be? I mean, you can't... Yes, it takes, like, a lot of people to make a movie, but it takes, like, somebody at the top of, you know, to direct, literally, well, you know, like, I all don't those think, people. I don't, it, to me, it's a, such a bad faith argument because it thinks that people who believe in autorism just completely disregard everyone but the director, which, if, again, if you actually, like, read things by those people, you would see that that's not the case. Yeah. So, so it's just easy to say, like, oh, they don't, you know, but it's like... I mean, it, if you listen to the auteurs themselves, they'll tell you how important, like, their screenwriters, cinematographers, actors are nearly, to them like, Yeah, their nearly process. all of them have, a, like, a, a group of people that they work with over and over again, almost all of them. It's very rare to find one that has, like, a different crew every time. Like, all the great ones have, they're trusted, like, they have the same cinematographer, the same whatever, you know? Like, every movie, it seems like. You know what's interesting is, like, Varda, I mean, she definitely had some people she worked with consistently, especially yeah. at certain points in her career. But across the board, it was pretty varied. And I think that, like, and again, like, a lot of people who say they don't believe in or care about autourism will, like, Agnes Varda, as I think, honestly, I appreciate. I think they should. Mm-hmm. Um, I think everyone should. But at the same time, I'm just like, well, she's, a like, honestly, like, for me, one of the, like, classic examples of an autourist. Like, everything she did was so much 
hers. Yeah. Um, to the point where when she was working with different people across decades, um, you could still glean that a film was made by her versus yeah. anyone else. So. Yeah, she's she, yeah she's totally an auteur. Like I don't know how else you would talk about her. <laughs> Yeah, yeah it's... those are not collectively made things. Most of them. I mean, some of them it seems like she just made by herself practically. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a great example. I mean, she definitely did a lot of like shorts. I mean, like you know, the Criterion box set has a lot of like special features that are basically just like her, like you know, almost like the equivalent, the auteur equivalent of like home movies, where it's just, like these beautifully made, beautifully insightful, like short films, but like they are made entirely by her in a very like low. Yeah, you know, low stakes fashion. So, so uh, yeah, I, I hate doing this ranking shit, but like, is is she your favorite favorite, or is, is she like number one, or who's number I one? Mean, she's definitely <laughs> in my group. I like right now. I feel like I'm more in the Jane Campion phase because yeah. of the power well, of the dog. More, and like, yeah, yeah, and I wrote that piece for movie, so like I love like there's just something like having the opportunity to go because I went to New York several years ago to see a lot of Jane, like to see Jane Campion, to see a lot of her films. Mm -hmm. And that was like one of the highlights of my movie going experience. And so having the opportunity recently to like go back and watch them has been very special. Um, And I'm excited for Portrait of Lady at uh, Siskel because I like that one as well. And I like in the cut when um, uh, Chicago Film Society showed it, like it's been great. Uh, So I don't like, I feel like I am identified a lot with Varda, but she's absolutely like one of my favorites, but Mm -hmm. it's hard to pinpoint a favorite. I would say like my... Like, I love um, Varda, Campion. Um, there are, like, some, like, I love Ernst Lubitsch. He's definitely an all-time favorite. I'm just not, like, thinking or talking about him as often as maybe I do Varda and Campion. Mm-hmm. Like, I really love Anthony Mann, um, uh, Seijan Suzuki. Uh, I don't like, it, I don't know. Like, at any given time, I feel like it's pretty varied. But I definitely have the ones that I can, like, return to over and over again and, like, be like, ah, oh, yes. <laughs> like, Lubitsch is, like, every single time. Like, we um we went to my mom's house for Thanksgiving, and TCM was, like, doing a Lubitsch marathon. And, like, my mom just, like, switched over to it, and Nanashka was on, and I was, like, I couldn't look away. I was just, like, every time I see it, I'm just, like, yes, this is one a masterpiece of cinema, but it's not like I'm constantly thinking about it necessarily. Yeah. After, I, I, yeah, I have a hard time with that guy. I don't know. Yeah, I, it doesn't connect for me. I can see that. He's uh, definitely, like, um, I don't know, digesting life's misery with a certain panache that I see is not for everyone. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll watch a lot of stuff from that era, but, like, him specifically. I like that, that movie that Ninochka is, is yeah, it, like, it, it goes over like a lead balloon with me, but, but yeah. also because of the subject matter. Like right. the, the whole attitude, the to like the the Soviet stuff is just real dumb, <laughs> you know. Like that's dumb. <laughs> She's a dumb character. Like it's it's. I mean, you know, Boris and Natasha has more nuance than that, really. You know, like right. as far as the Cold War kind of portrayals of Soviet, you know, like <laughs> so that yeah, maybe that's that kind of throws it for me a little bit. I will. Say, I don't want to say to Lubitsch's credit, but in Lubitsch's defense, I don't think he cared. Like he was yeah. absolutely not striving for any kind of like realism. No, no, I know. Of course, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's like a 
what are these movies? Yeah, they're not slapstick. What are they called? What are they they're classified? Not, they're not as? even really like screwball. Yeah, they're not screw. That's that's the word. What I was thinking. They're, screwball. They're not. A lot. I like a lot of the screwball. Like stuff. that. Um. I mean, that's why they had the Lubitsch. Like they called it the Lubitsch touch. It was that very like um, intercontinental, like very like sophisticated. But like he did kind of dwell a lot in like class relations, mm-hmm. um, which I think is one of the mo- more interesting parts of his. Uh, of what he's doing um but yeah like he i mean yeah again the lubitsch touch kind of the whole point of that is that it he was working in a very idiosyncratic way yeah i can understand if it's not for everyone but it's kind of hard to like yeah find. he's the one that doesn't like and i've watched a bunch of them because criterion periodically puts up like a whole bunch all together you know right criterion channel yeah and yeah he's the one i i rarely connect with some of the other ones, like the screwball stuff, I like a lot of that. Just because the writing is so good, you know? Interesting. Yeah. Who are your favorites, Dimitri? Oh, overall? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I hate I hate doing that, but, like, you know, gun to my head, I, I guess, you know, like it, something like, you know, Andre Rublev, you know, I'll, I'll watch oh, it. Oh, yeah. You know? That's a brilliant There's film. some movies, yeah, that, that just mean a lot, you know? And then, yeah, for all, again, a lot of times it's, it's so related to, uh, you know, personal biography, you know. So Taxi Driver, you know, like, just means <laughs> means a lot to me for very obvious reasons, you know. Uh, yeah, it, I don't, I don't know if I have a favorite, favorite director, really. I mean, Tarkovsky's up there. Uh, Brayson is, is pretty high up there. Uh, hmm. Yeah, I I like a lot of different kinds of stuff. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's 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 some that you know I, I tell you who I don't like, but yeah, know. who do you not like? Spielberg. Okay. Uh, Tarantino, uh, Coen Brothers. Uh, yeah, some some more and more as they go. You know, like I have like no use for the Coen Brothers at all anymore. Like zero. Mm. Uh, and Tarantino as well. I think Tarantino said everything he needed to say with. Pulp Fiction. Yeah, I'm over Tarantino. I will say though, apparently I, he's coming here to shoot a movie. Oh, I think it's a TV show. Is it a show? Well, what? Yeah. I mean, yeah, like whatever they are, they're calling it these days. Those TV shows are just long movies, but right. <laughs> long shitty movies that should be two hours, but they're ten hours. Or I 12, know. You know, like terrible. Oh my god. <laughs> I always like feel like I feel like with my movie friends, I can say this. I don't dare say it to people outside of this realm but i do not care about tv at all nowadays like i watch it like because yeah. i for entertainment because i i'm, I'm human, almost I need to be entertained, like almost invariably disappointed and think this thing i just said which is this is a this is a stretched out 10-hour movie that i'm watching on tv in parts you know and it should have been an hour and a half you know it's also just depressing to me how like a new show comes out seemingly like every week. Yeah. And I think it is actually every week. I don't think it's seemingly. I well, think it is. Yeah. And there's 5,000 venues and channels and delivery systems that we have, you know, for digesting this shit. But then, like, every week a new one becomes, like, the, you know, yeah. the all next the Breaking thing... Bad, the next Sopranos or whatever. Yeah. And it just begets, like, a bajillion think pieces yeah. about how blah, 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 blah. And, blah, and blah, then it's and instantly it's... forgotten. <laughs> right, which is depressing because I'm just like, well, you really liked or connected to or felt strongly about this thing, and that like you just kind of abandon it when something else comes along. Well, this is also another. Well, because now it's transferred into this home 
you know, TV thing. I think people put this shit on in the background the way they used to put on TV, like American Homes. This is a thing, as an immigrant, I didn't. It's completely alien to me. It's just having a TV on in the background as you're doing mm. other things. We weren't allowed that. Like, my TV watching was strictly rationed. And right. so when I'm watching something, that's all I'm doing, you know? Like, my so my TV is a, it's a friggin' movie screen, pretty much, you know? You're not multitasking? No. If I'm watching something shitty or, like, you know, like, if I've made the mistake of, you know, signing up to review something that I'm watching a screener and it sucks and I can half, then I'll, I'll just start, like, you know, looking at Wikipedia or whatever I need for to write the review, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. as it's happening. Or I'm re-watching some, like, you know, I have this other fun podcast I do uh, with a friend about horror movies, and that's every two weeks. And mm. and we, we alternate. She chooses one, I choose one, you know? And sometimes it's either something I've seen many, many times, so I can not completely pay attention, or it's something that I'm not enjoying, and I can think about why I'm not enjoying it with it on as sort of uh, atmosphere. For the podcast? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, it's fun because we're, you know, she's she's a millennial. She's 31, 32, and I'm 51. So we come, you know, we're from very different generations, very different life experiences. I'm always very curious what what interests her. And, you know, I, I, you know it's fun. I get, I, get to, I get to dig deep into, like, the bottomless well of, like, all the damn movies I've seen, which is so damn many. <laughs> I know, right? Got to do something with it. I know. It, it, it's fun. It's fun to surprise somebody else, you know, to p- pull some weird thing out of the hat. You know what I mean? Like, and broadly, I mean, it's it's horror movies because that's what she likes. I I don't really care about genres that much, and not so, not for a long time, you know. But right. Yeah, I will. I will go see a horror movie over sci-fi or fantasy, definitely. If you're going genres, you know. I'd much yeah. rather see a horror movie than, than a space movie, you know. Oh, I do like space. Yeah, I yeah I don't. I'm not a fan of space. Like I, I don't know. that's that's not a yeah that's not a fantasy I ever indulge in. I don't know why anybody's interested. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's maybe like I, I like futility. So <laughs> there's not enough futility here on planet Earth for you, cat. <laughs> no, I need more. I need more. You want to be stuck in a in a tin can. In our space, in like where you can't escape. Exactly. I want the ultimate in misery. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, there's some of those I like, like that movie Moon, which is like, a, it's a one person, you know, tribute to Solaris, basically. <laughs> you know, like, it's one, it's one man Solaris. <laughs> I like, do you hear my cat sneezing? I'm sorry if you do. No, no, I hear, I hear the heater or and oh, okay, or yeah. fan or whatever, but that's all right. Uh, you know, we're. I guess the, the, all the millions of listeners can ask for I their know. money back after they listen. <laughs> <sighs> no up. refunds. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. You go in once once the movie started. You can't. Yeah, you can't ask for. Not money coming back, back out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, every, but it's a higher bar for me to like to force me into a, a, a space opera or whatever space soap opera the way they are. You know. Uh, yeah, it's just not a setting that. I'm interested in. I, I like planting things on the ground. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like yeah. dinosaur stuff. I'm excited for the new really? Jurassic Park. Like, I know it's going to be literal trash, but yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, see, I have, I have literally zero interest in that. I think I, I think I maybe sat through one of those. 
but that's yeah it's like, like as we were talking earlier that's connected to your childhood too that those kinds of movies right I don't love Spielberg, like I'm not a Spielberg apologist. I do think when he's working in a certain like mindset, he does make very good films. I think the mindset that he's in when he makes films like um, uh, Close Encounters or Jurassic Park or now uh, West Side Story is makes for very good movies, mm -hmm. but I don't think he makes like very good movies across the board necessarily. But I do like Spielberg in general. Yeah. But like it's understandable, like I don't, I'm not gonna like defend him with my life or anything. Yeah. I'll just go see the new Jurassic Park movie. Yeah, I think the only thing I've liked of his in the last, I don't know, 15, 20 years is that, is that uh, video game movie. Oh, um... Ready Player One? Yeah, Ready Player One, yeah. I think that that's really... That's that's about the sweet spot for me and Spielberg is something like that. Like, I, you know... That works. But, yeah, most <laughs> of the other stuff does not. Not for a very long time. And, yeah, the, the dinosaurs I, I just don't care about. Uh, you know what's better than any Jurassic movie is uh, Roger Corman's Carnosaur. Carnosaur? Okay, Car I haven't Carnosaur, seen that. It stars Diane Ladd, and it, it was his quickie cash-in on the... Uh, I think it was made quickly after the first Jurassic Park to cash-in on the, the new dinosaur craze. It's a super low budget. It's a horror movie with, like, a... not a very scary dinosaur. <laughs> it played it I up. appreciate the... Uh... Yeah, cash, you know, exploitation, it's classic, yeah. old, old old school style, you know, from the master of it. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was, came out in the 80s sometime, towards the end of the 80s. Uh, I'll need to <laughs> check that out. We, we still have to program our Alan Smithy Film Festival. <laughs> what, I know. What's happening okay, with that? that I'm... How are, how are the interns doing on that? Are they doing all the research? I know. Like... The cats, um, they're sneezing. They're sick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So I'm looking it up right now. Like, they're on the Wikipedia page. Mm -hmm. um, oh, interesting. Okay, so some what? early ones. Uh, Fade In, directed by Judd Taylor. Ooh, this, looks, this guy looks... Oh, Burt Reynolds is in it. Okay. Nice. He looks real good in the poster, too. So, so And Barbara Loden is in it. Barbara Loda, Barbara Loden is in it. Okay, we have to do this one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so so was Alan Smithy born in the 70s or 60s? Or is Let's he that, see. Is, that, he's, is Alan Smithy that young? <laughs> it was coined in 1968, and okay. it was formally yeah. discontinued in 2000. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, that's perfect. We got a sweet spot. You know, we got... 30 years of movies to choose from, right? <laughs> yeah, and the, I mean, the, right off the bat, Barbara Loden's one of them? That sounds great. Okay, that, that'll that be our, our opening night premiere with the clean yeah. lights and everything. <laughs> yeah, take a look. Um, there are, so there are some that were, like, credited to their directors, Dune being one of them. David Lynch's Dune was one of them. Yeah. But when re-edited for TV or, like, for In yeah. Flight, this uh, Alan Smithy credit was used. Yeah. And yeah, that includes Heat. In television, Heat was credited to Michael, uh, sorry, Alan Smithy. Really? Yeah. Are you sure it's the Heat, his Heat? Because there was yes, another it is. Heat earlier with, with, I think, Burt Reynolds or somebody like that. It's 1995. Okay. Yeah. There, there's a movie that, uh, there's, uh, there's a segment of film dorkdom that thinks that's a good movie. Oh, I like Heat. I, I, I actually recently, I, I had a, I still have never gotten COVID. But I had a for real uh, flu last last fall, and I decided to try to rewatch Heat, and I still hate it. 
it's just it's it's a wild movie it's so fucking long and so overblown in, in the Michael Mann manner but uh, yeah I just thought it was silly I, I, I did not understand that the appeal of that there's people that you know basically it's like you know it's their matrix it's their like life philosophy, life philosophy that movie right um, oh man Don Siegel did a film that was credited to Alan Smithy really Death of a Gunfighter okay cool yeah we see this is going to be amazing where are we yeah. so we're, I think we got to propose it to Doc oh okay Doc alright yeah, we gotta try to source prints though, so I can ask people for help with that. Because right, I'm lazy, so I'll ask film, smarter people. Film society people, they'll help you, right? There's some that like the the birds too, like a <laughs> made for TV sequel to the birds, which actually I want to watch it. <laughs> I would watch that. I mean, the first one's bad, so maybe yeah. the second one will be better. <laughs> the fourth installment in the Hellraiser series. Really? Okay. Yeah. Oh, the mockumentary. Of course, we have to have the mockumentary in there. Yeah. So it was, what, Scary Movie 5 or something, or like, or something, or uh, Snakes on a Plane 4. <laughs> oh, wow, one's directed by Kiefer Sutherland. Oh. Yeah, he, has, he had to have tried his hand at directing. They all do sooner or later, Yeah, right? right? <laughs> we got to start our email thread about this, because I think... Uh... All right, yeah, we got to start put, putting together a list and, and then find out. Yeah, you, you'll have to... I don't know the people that you know who who uh, know about getting prints. I don't know. I don't know that world at all. Yeah, I'm curious how available these will be. So that'll be fun. Yeah, one of the, the most fun things for me, and you know, this, I I wouldn't put myself on yours or Ben's level of film obsessiveness, but I duck in and out, and I have a, a lot of other shit going on, and I'm not invested in it on a creative level at all. Like that's that's the pleasure of it for me. You know what I mean? It's it's so outside of my realm of like whatever work or creativity film is. Right. And of so course, it's like a yeah. departure. Yeah, it's I'm I, I'm free I'm free not to compare it to anything I'm working on. You know what I mean? That, that that's a great great freedom. Uh, although I mean, so many uh, you know movie directors start out as painters and they're just quitters and they couldn't hack it. You know, <laughs> quitters, quitters gonna quit. I know, I know. So I, I, I like that aspect of it too. But yeah, I mean, personally, it's just I'll put that that level of collaboration, even even like a like a low budget thing. How many people you need to, to work to get pull the same direction? I could never do it. I mean, I I lived with a a, a filmmaker uh, when I was in art school. She was going to Columbia, and she ended up being. I mean, she's a career. She's an AD she has been forever uh but just listening and watching what she has to do you know like demonstrated to me that that was not going to be the avenue i could ever take right (laughs) yeah i mean it seems like a lot of work i'm a i'm a one-man band i like to have credit and blame i'll go to in the same place right (laughs) that's funny yeah, I don't, I don't delegate, I don't delegate well, and I'm not a manager. You know, you have to be really good at all that stuff. At you hurt, do hurting definitely. cats. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and definitely being a people person. In a way, yeah. It's, it's also a- like I've heard, like I was reading when Jane Campion was talking about working on the, oh no, was it? Oh, it was um, two friends, and like even being the director, she had to deal with a lot of like crap from her crew, and I was just like, man, even when you're the boss. Sounds like yeah. it sucks. <laughs> oh, it does. I mean, 
my my one semi-professional experience with uh, being on a set, like as part of it. So uh, my friend John McNaughton shot these like teaser reels because he was trying to make a TV show out of my cab books. Oh, fun! And I was I I was just the talent, you know, because I, I had to be in front of the camera and uh, tell some of the stories and draw while they were filming me. But they set up, you know, because he's a real deal filmmaker. They set up a, a, an actual sh- film shoot in my in my studio, and just watching all that and watching. Those people, the, the you know, all the underlings, like, mutter under their breath, you know what I mean? Right. Uh, it was just like, oh, Jesus, like, that's not anything I'd ever want to even have in my mind, that there's this, like, group of people that are dependent on me and resentful and, you know what I mean? Right. And have access to grind. You get enough of that in your personal life, you know? <laughs> I think that, that's part of, like, um, what, symbiopsychotaxiplasm? I can never... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's a great... I love that movie. Yeah, and it's like <laughs> they all, like, hate each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's one of those great meta kind of movie right. about movie things, yeah. <laughs> so it seems like you have to have a high tolerance for, like, being around miserable people. Yeah. It's 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 a crazy... I think it's a, it's a minor miracle that any of them get made. You know? I always, you know? Yeah, I think about that. I mean, like, movies are extraordinarily hard to make. So even when you see, like, a bad one that's still, like, relatively, like, well-made in terms of quality, it's like, wow. That's where I also feel really, really ambivalent. I have very heavily mixed feelings about, you know, writing about movies. Is that, like, my role in, in doing that, I just don't think... The, the the greatest film I say compares to the shittiest movie, you know, in what it is. Because it'll always be subservient and it it's a kind of like a parasitic thing that's like, you know, like riding on the back of uh, somebody else's sincere efforts, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No matter how mis- misguided they may be or how flawed or how f- how much they fail. But like the shittiest movie is better than the the greatest film review right. i think so when i'm doing that i feel like i'm sort of working for the enemy in a way <laughs> i'm betraying like the <laughs> creative people <laughs> well i think the i mean not to like but i but i've got bills to pay so that's that that's my right. excuse <laughs> well not to like toot the horn of cinephile but i think yeah. like seeing ourselves as advocates versus yeah critics is really important because you know like, it can be fun to write about something you don't like, but I agree. It's, I don't really necessarily know what it's doing, you know. Yeah. No, no. And, and there's you, can, a, that, you can also write informatively. Yeah. Okay. And there's great, there's obviously a lot of great writing with, uh, you know, movies as a launch, you know, uh, at least a jumping off point, you know. But th- the stuff I really enjoy is, is not actual reviews. They're just essays with using movies as a starting point, you know? Right. <laughs> like, you know, like stuff that, me and Ben get into this sometimes, like, you know, like like one-up each other and who reads less other critics, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> uh, but, you know, like I'll read most of what, like, Jay Hoberman writes in the New York Review these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like it, and but I've been reading his writing since he was in the Village Voice, you know, 30 years ago. Right. So... Uh, but yeah, he, he rarely just is writing a, a movie review. He, he's rarely doing, you know, what, what 
well, like I'm called to do for, you know, the reader, you know, say. Yeah, I mean, it, I do like the capsule format sometimes just because it's like a challenge to some degree. Like, how can you try to like strengthen it each time or like make it different than the previous time or write about a movie? Like just from like the practice of writing. But mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, that's more about like the craft of writing versus like the craft of film criticism. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I mean, they're. I don't want to say they're interchangeable because they're not for me. But like, do you at have somebody times, who's uh, are, you know film writing you really like off the um, top of your head? It doesn't have to be a best or whatever. That doesn't. I mean, matter. I like Robin Wood quite a bit. Mm. Um. I mean, I I read a lot of it. I'm trying to think of like people who are like. I mean, I do, like I appreciate a lot of Rosenbaum's writing um i mean i do like also like jay overman and dave care and molly haskell and um when pauline kale was good she was very good um and if it's not good it's at least very entertaining to read um i don't know i mean i think of it more as like study than like favorites if that makes sense but there are definitely some pieces of film writing i'll come across where i'm like this is like making me see it like I, with Robin Wood for example he wrote um an essay on um Manelli's Madame Bovary that just like blew my mind so that always kind of sticks out to me as one where it's like I, it sounds so bad to say but I feel like nowadays it's like there's more it's more about like why a review is maybe not good versus why it is oh yeah well, well, also there's there's less it's less and less a uh, prof professional thing. Uh, there's fewer and fewer. Or like even if you go on something like Rotten Tomatoes, like the vast majority of those reviews are for like some kind of blog or something. Right. You know what I mean? That it's uh, sort of like another dying thing, dying industry. And so much about like, I'm not because I definitely have written about films in the sense of how I feel about them, but so mm -hmm. much criticism nowadays, quote unquote criticism, is just like how a person, like how a movie made them feel, mm -hmm. and like holding that up as like objective truth about the art in question, mm -hmm. um, which isn't to say that you can't write about movies in that way, because like a lot of great writers have done so, yeah. um, but like when that's just like. I think, God, Fred Camper said something once at, like, one of those SAIC, like, the screening series where they do, like, the class, mm -hmm. talking about how, like, needing to relate to something is actually a very conservative take because it means you can't kind of, like... Well, it, yeah, what it does is it, it negates, basically, the art part of art, you know? The right, artifice. or, like, the no. experience of the artist. You're basically saying, unless I can relate to it, it's not valid, which is, like... Yeah, I, it's it's a weird it's this weird like solipsism where you need everything to be like you or about you and that just seems so boring to me like i want to go see or like art books you know music i want i want to hear and see about other people's experiences not my own right. i have my own you know i don't right. need to, i don't need it you know yeah it I, it's great when a trigger is like a memory or or a connection but it's about other people like it's showing and yeah if you don't let you know, other people uh, or even like a director imagine what it's like to be like somebody that's other than themselves uh, that really really like limits limits uh, the options it, it connects to to the other the, uh, the whatever the puritanism or the the cancel business you know what I mean 
it relates to that in some way. Right. But I think we're just in this uh, kind of time of upheaval where the, all this shit is getting renegotiated and uh, re. I imagine at some point it'll settle down in, into some new normal. You know what I mean? I hope it does. Because, right. Because otherwise, uh, there's a lot of people in whom it's it's bringing out really ugly qualities because they're they feel that they're scared that they'll be judged for for stating their opinions, and it makes them kind of buttoned up and. Uh, conservative and not willing to take chances i hear people grumbling about this right. shit all the time and i don't especially you know i'm i'm not a kid and so it's i hear more and more of it from people my age or older and i don't want to get into this mindset of like how it used to be or how uh, i don't know i'm not going to talk about you know whatever like woke people or whatever that that's it's it's a that's a whole that's a non-starter for me you know what i mean uh, right uh, i mean I, at the same time uh, there there are there are problems with this process we're we're all collectively going through <laughs> right it's not a walk in the park <laughs> no and i mean at the risk of sounding like i don't know this is maybe like my quote-unquote problematic opinion is that like trying to understand complicated people and trying to understand even like not understand but just like I mean, maybe understands the word, but I don't know. Just, I feel like it's actually more humane and maybe attempting to be a better person when you're trying to like understand why people do the things they do, whether they're good or bad. Yes. Um, we, you know, we spend a lot of time talking about why people do the good things they do and not maybe enough time about, about like bad things and like what that means about not just that person, but humanity as a whole. Yeah. Um, I think on the, on an individual level, people think that they're, like, a lot better than just, like, humans can possibly be. Yeah. And I don't know. I think, like, you – I just personally, like, I feel like I grow more when I think about, like, when I don't judge people, I would say. For versus sure. Versus when I do. It, and when you hear something that you, at least at first or maybe even throughout, disagree with – it challenges you and makes you stretch and try to imagine another person's life, which is what art is for. And if art is not avail allowed to do that, then we're all robbed of something. We lose something, right. you know? Uh, I agree. Well, and also this the idea that like art is like, that means like a artist, be it director, writer is condoning something is always weird yes. to me. Cause I'm like, do, I was like, it's called the imagination. Like, I don't know. That's always like so bizarre to me when people kind of get on that level of like. Yeah, it's like yeah, it, you, you go see Texas Chainsaw Massacre and decide that Toby Hooper is in in favor of cannibalism and cutting people up with chainsaws. Right. <laughs> like, and I mean, so the, along those lines, though, it is interesting how like again the same people who might like hold a film accountable for like a character's actions will then like go see a horror movie, and I'm like, but you don't think? Yeah. Like Leatherface is. It's like, very very case by case. Right, and it's 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 always that like... was actually a real revelation because we covered uh, Texas Chainsaw for a recent horror movie podcast, and how how uh, how sympathetic a character he turns out to be. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean that's I mean Toby Hooper's films are more. Yeah. I don't want to say pitiful, but kind of like their their characters are, they're, I don't even want to say like because they're not antagonists. Like they're yeah. you know 
protagonists, monsters, or whatever you want to call them, yeah. are like very pitiful characters. No, the, I mean, the bad guys in that movie are those asshole college kids. Right. They're the bad guys. They invaded a place they weren't invited. You and know? like same with Funhouse. Like mm-hmm. it's like this a real person, you know, yeah. who maybe isn't like you know, he's not a cannibal, so he's even more sympathetic. Yeah. Uh, he's just like a strange-looking dude who's kind of hiding away from the world and like being tormented by these outsiders. Yeah. Yeah, that that's all the stuff that was lost in, uh, you know, that movie X, which is a, a total riff on Texas Chainsaw, like, throughout, you know? There's, right. There's very direct references, and it loses the whole... And instead, it, it comes out with a very, hor- like, to me, morally dubious message, which is, like, how gross it is that old people still want to fuck. You know, m- most... Like, that's one of the, the main lessons of that movie, I think. <laughs> I, I personally don't understand why anyone tries to, like, recreate Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I'm like, that was a, a bolt of lightning in... The yeah, there, genre. there are so many bad movies based on the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like like practically like the whole horror movie genre, you know. Yeah, like I I don't that always I'm just like the it was made like you don't need to improve on perfect basically. So yeah, and it's it's a beautiful movie. Yeah, that was a, it was a, I hadn't seen it in a few years, so that was a like a total pleasure to revisit that one. You know. Yeah, it's I mean it's 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 gorgeous. So I'm always just like why are like don't try to improve on perfect <laughs> yeah it's like when the, yeah they remake good movies like you should be remaking bad movies yeah try to make i never yeah especially when it's like they remake a like international film like two years later i'm just like but we have the first like that movie just came out we have it <laughs> yeah they did that with uh what was it let the right one in they did the yeah like the, the totally unnecessary uh u.s one and then uh what's his face uh Fincher remade the girl with the jade dragon tattoo for no fucking reason at all. Right. Uh, Like gourmet Twinkie. That's what I always call them. You know, like why? Like even if you get the best of everything, like this is already, this already exists. (laughs) God, I'm trying to think if there's like any movie that I like where it's like they've remade. Uh, I mean, it was pretty common like between like the twenties and like fifties or sixties. Like a lot of, yeah, working from the same stories and technically like maybe like a remake of a previous film. I think yeah, to me the uh the four versions of the uh Invasion of the Body Snatchers are all worth seeing for mm. various reasons. But I think the yeah, the best one's got to be the second one, I think, the 70s one. I mean, that one is just amazing. Right. So it, but it's a total reimagining. Like the settings changed and it's updated to you know, it reflects the time that's made in each one of them does. Right. Oh, like the the what right you, now? You you broke up. Uh, oh, sorry, the thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Being based on the Howard Hawks original. Right. Yeah. So it can be done, but you have to really, really reimagine it and re. You know. I mean, every movie. One of the great the things I love about movies is that they're all really documentaries on a level. They're mm-hmm. they're. Uh, they're a record of the time that they were made in. Right. And then you see, I remember getting this very obvious, but uh, semi-profound realization at some point that I was watching some movie and realized that all the people that I'm seeing are, are dead, you know, like, and but they were like, you know, they're, they're now dead, like, because it was an old movie. But, but there's this thing that we have that, uh, 
lets them live. <laughs> Keeps them alive forever. Yeah. yeah some it is. I think about yeah. that all the time too, which is, you know, but talk um, about I see dead. Be a... I see dead people. We, we watch dead right? people all the time. <laughs> we all do. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean it's it's there's actually going to be a film at the Prismatic Ground Film Festival in New York that I actually want to try to like go see, which is um like made up of like old film clips of like film stars who have died, mm. which is like most of them, you know. Yeah. But it is it is interesting to think about that. Yeah, uh, but also yeah, with the, all the the newer technology, there's all this creepy stuff where they can put them into new, reanimate them. Yeah, that's so weird. Which yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't need to get into that. Yet. Yeah, it's kind, of, <laughs> it's kind of a bummer. Right. No, it totally is. So like, let them let them sleep. <laughs> yeah, because we can wrap this up. But is there anything coming up that you're super? What's the thing you're most excited about in the next few weeks? Actually, yeah, we, uh, this won't air uh, for for a few weeks, but uh, what's coming up that, that you're jazzed about, especially? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> Is there um, anything? I mean, I am going to see Memoria on film this week, so I'm excited about that. I have seen it, so it's not new. I'm seeing Showgirls on Thursday, which I'm pretty excited about. <laughs> Where did um, you see? Yeah, I, I saw, uh, I, I read your thing about Memoria. Did you just... Where did you see it? Well, I had seen it at the yeah. uh, Chicago International. Oh, okay. And I saw it. They, AMC did a random yeah, week run Yeah, that's when I it. saw it. I, I, yeah. I went there. It was great. I also have a file of it so because oh, yeah. I needed to, like, remind myself about it, and they're not doing a screener, so, right. like, I stole it from the internet. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm excited about the portrait of a lady at the Siskel on 35. Mm. That'll be great because it's my girl. Yeah. Um, I feel like Music Box is doing some – they usually have, like – oh, the Elaine May series at Doc. I definitely want to go Ooh. see, um, provided they actually screen, they get prints. I want to go see – yeah, uh, yeah, that. Like yeah, it's always Ishtar exciting. It, it's it's exciting at Doc as we talk about often. Like you never know if there will even be a yeah. movie. <laughs> it's a gamble. Yeah, it's a gamble. Um, I'm excited for Benediction at the Chicago Critics Film Festival. What's because, that? What's uh, it's Terrence Davies' new film. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, which cool. I'm very excited about. Love like, love him. Love his movies. <laughs> um, uh, I mean. Uh, Great Freedom is a really beautiful film that's going to open at the Music Box soon. Um, highly recommend that. I'm excited to see The Homesman, but I've seen The Homesman on the big screen. The what? Um, oh, the, the Homesman. What's I the think home? uh, Tommy Lee Jones is oh, a really good director. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love the his first one. was great. Yeah, the, the Three Burials of... Melchiades like, yeah. Garcia or... I don't know that's one of those like tongue tie kind yeah, of titles that I always forget. Obvious riff on a, you know, a peck and paw, like, you know, the... Right. Me, the head of Alfredo Garcia. It's uh, it may not be Garcia. It's another uh, Latin name, but <laughs> right. Um, I'm excited for Shrek on 35 at midnight. <laughs> no, truly, I am. I'm really excited for that. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a uh, you know, it, it's really cute because Ben and maybe you can hear me say this, but like every single day he checks all these film sites websites in part for cinephile, but also because mm -hmm. we're just excited about what's coming up and it's always kind of like there's always like that little like i don't know it's like there's always something to look forward to when you love movies <laughs> that's that's very true that's very true that's that's probably a good place to cut this off yeah uh, well thanks for doing this cat uh, yeah this was I, super fun no i i knew it would uh i mean all the people i've asked so far to do this new thing with me and like it's crazy how many people have said yes but they're all people that i thought like have that I've either had long conversations with or I wanted to 
kind of know more about. And, uh, you know, I, I learned some, some stuff about you oh, that I didn't know, which is... All know. bad, all bad. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, yeah, you're, you're so going to get in trouble. I know. No, I mean, it's, it, yeah, it, a lot of what I've, I read in your books has come back to me uh, oh, yeah. through this conversation, so. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, uh, I will see you. Yeah, see you at the movie. Sweet. Talk to you later.